Happy Monday, Tucson, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Again, Arizona basketball season is pretty much here, and uh, we are going to talk a ton now about some of the underrated aspects of this year's team, some of the players that maybe we aren't looking enough of, at enough of. Let's get started here. You're listening to Locked on Wildcats. You are Locked on Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Happy Monday, everyone. We've got a lot to get to today. We're going to first talk about, uh, we're going to first talk about, some of the underrated players on this team um, and uh, you know, who maybe we aren't talking about enough because we've talked a lot about, you know, the Azulis Tabellises. We've talked a lot about the Kerr creases of the world. And we have talked a lot about all of that, but what about some of the other players that are going to make big impacts this year that we haven't probably talked about? That's what we're going to spend this show on. And first, first and foremost, is a guy Cedric Henderson Jr. Now, Cedric Henderson Jr. comes from a law from a hoops family, which means a ton to me. Anybody that knows that, or anybody that uh, knows knows that I'm a big fan of bloodlines. Not that it always matters. Not saying that, but at the end of the day, it generally helps if you've had a pops that played in the NFL or NFL, the NBA, whatever the case may be. And he's able to, you know, get onto the, he's able to get onto the main screen, onto the big screen. Now, um, because you're able to see exactly what it takes to be a professional athlete, you're able to see the grind. And many times these parents will, you know, put their kids through it because a lot of these kids are going to have expectations of possibly playing in the NFL or the NBA, whatever the case may be. So Cedric Henderson's pops um, played obviously with Penny Hardaway at Memphis and was a, you know, was a very, very good player. Cedric Henderson's grown up around the game of basketball. I think with, uh, I think when it comes to uh, Henderson, though, people are kind of forgetting about him for a little, to a little extent, mainly because so many people think that that starting five position is already set. I am one of those people. I believe with Kirk Risa, with uh, Courtney Ramey, Pella Larson, Azulis Tabellas, and uh, uh, Umar Ballo, that was... You know, that's kind of where you're at. But Henderson is fascinating, though, because he's a unique player on the team and that he's six foot seven. He's a good athlete, not a great athlete, but a good athlete. And he's been a very good defender throughout his career. And Arizona, as we've seen, has an opening for that. Dalen Terry last year was a player who obviously was kind of a jack of all trades, but at the same time, um, but at the same time, he also was a player who um, was able to be a lockdown defender on the perimeter side. Now, Tommy Lloyd's certainly hoping that Pella Larson is going to be one of those guys this year, and there's nothing wrong with that. Big fans of Pella on this show. I was wrong about Pella. My bad, Pella. But Henderson, if you can, if he can be that athletic six-seven kind of glue guy, jack of all trades, who you know, can make some plays coming in and out of the game. That becomes big for Arizona at that point because it helps you to eliminate some of the Dalen Terry 
you know, I guess losing Dalen Terry unexpectedly. So Cedric Henderson Jr., though, big, uh, would like to really see a big season out of him because, quite frankly, he's uh, there's there's no reason that he can't be a 23, 24-minute-per-game guy and put up some big-time num- – or not big-time numbers, but we've seen him against high-level teams and he much looked the part. So Cedric Henderson Jr., definitely a guy to keep an eye on. All right, then another player – Philip Borovichinin. Now, Philly B is still more of a more of a project, I think, at this point. But he is intriguing, and when you watch Tommy Lloyd talk about Philly B, you can tell that he's got some big time expectations for uh, Philly B. Now, you might say to yourself, "What exactly are those big time expectations?" To me, they're this that. By the time he's a sophomore or a junior, this guy could be a starter and he's going to be an all-conference type guy. That's where I think it is. And what's interesting about him is you watch him and physically he's much better put together, I think, than anybody thought. Certainly than I thought he was going to be. I thought when he came in that he was going to be more of a uh, you're kind of your developmental type Euro, the guy who's going to take a little bit of time to you know, really show, uh, really show where he's, uh, where he's at. But um, physically he's well put together. He's very well put together. And he's a guy who uh, has played, he's pretty well versed in hoop. Again, he played at a lower level. Generally when guys play at a lower level, you're a little skeptical about what their ultimate impact is going to be. But you watch him and you think yourself that, you know, this is a guy that's going to be able to, this is going to be a guy that's going to be able to play. This is going to be a guy that's going to be able to make some, you know, make some plays out there. I don't know in what capacity is he going to be a small forward? Is he going to be a hybrid forward? Where exactly is he going to be? I don't think anybody really knows that, but right now he certainly looks equipped to be able to make some type of an impact this season. What impact that will be, I don't know but it's going to be interesting to see what exactly they do do. Now, when it comes to uh, some of these other guys on the team, Kylan Boswell. Now, it definitely shows that you're uh, – when, when you're a guy like Kylan Boswell, it certainly shows that you are a uh, – that you're at a good program when you're a five-star player and you're talking about how – when you're a five-star player and you're talking about how um, – he might be a little bit overlooked. And I think he probably is being a little bit overlooked right here. Um, but a big part of that is for the foot problems that he's obviously had. Um, but by all accounts, he seems to be, by all accounts, he seems to be improving that. It seems to be that everything is going much better for him at this stage. And uh, there, there's been reports, and again, reports, not always true, but there's been reports that at times – he has been uh, physically, there's been times that physically he's uh, had a schedule and that he might be able to play game one. And if he can play game one, that is obviously huge, huge for the University of Arizona, mainly because he can uh, give you a little bit more depth. Again, I think when it comes to, uh, I think when it comes to, uh, um, the, uh, the squad, he's not going to play a ton, 
But like we've talked about all season, it's all about next year for me with Kylan Boswell, getting him ready for that 23-24 team that should be absolutely loaded. But if you can get a guy like him in there early, you can get him in there ready to play, and he can start making a contribution. Keep in mind, he's an 18-year-old kid right there. I mean, a 17-year-old kid. He should be a senior in high school. So, again, younger there, but let's see where this team can really go there at that po- at this point. Now, when it comes to uh, – but so Boswell, obviously another guy. Henry Vasar then. Now, he's not a player that nobody's talking about, but with the starting five kind of, I think, set, he's a guy that I think a lot of people have some interest in to see exactly where he's going to be. Um, to me, he's still more of a developmental guy. I think the people that thought that he was just going to come in and wrangle that starting spot away maybe overestimated Vesar to a certain extent, but at the same time also maybe underrated Umar Ballo because anybody that's watched Umar Ballo so far knows that Umar looks like he is in drastically better shape than he was last year. And that's a big, big deal because Umar is a big dude, as we know, and he was a lot better last year than I thought. I mean, there were games when he had 15 and 11. There were games when he had 15 and 11, and he was able to, uh, you know, kind of control the paint. Um, had some big block shot games as well, but you could always tell that he was a little out of his element when he was going against faster paced teams, teams that were getting up and down the court. Now, now it's going to be fascinating to see exactly what Umar can do because Umar is in much better shape. You look at him right now, and he's coming in there, and he's about, you know, he's a chiseled player now. And I don't think a lot of people ever thought that you would say that about Umar Ballo, about him being a chiseled player. But you watch him, and right now he is. He's that dude. Um, now, where is he going to be at this point next year? Who knows? But – I will say that uh, you have very big expectations for him this year, and that's not to diminish what Vasar can do. Because back to Vasar, Vasar at six foot ten, six foot eleven, something like that, moves very well. He has broad shoulders. Um, he moves very well. Again, has broad shoulders and is, you know. He looks like an NBA guy. He's got the, and I think he's also going to develop into some kind of shooter. And uh, and when you say to yourself, "All right, um, you know what's his role this year?" I'll be honest with you. I think it's something like nine points, four rebounds, something like that. But it's all about next year for me. a little bit like Kylan Boswell. It's a little bit like for ne- like next year for me though. In that you're uh, you're certainly looking for a guy who can, you know, become maybe that all-conference player. I just don't see that being this year. I think that's going to be next year where he could easily replace a Julius Tabellus. That's just a guess. Now, another guy to certainly keep an eye on. All right. Another guy to certainly keep an eye on is Dylan Anderson. All right. Anybody that knows anything about Mike Luke, and I hate speaking about myself in the first person like that, or third person, but anybody that knows anything about me, uh, sees, uh, basically looks at it and says, all right, um, uh, Dylan Anderson didn't play well. His, uh, didn't play well his last couple years of, uh, high school continuously fell down the rankings. I didn't really, none of that really bothered me to be honest with you. Again, you don't want to ever see somebody falling down the rankings, 
especially a player, a highly rated recruit. But again, it didn't really, it wasn't a huge problem for me. And I guess, I guess the reason that it wasn't a huge problem for me was because this team at, you know, this team at, um, how do I put this at, um, you don't get to just call the shots when you get into college. Dylan Anderson's in high school. When you're a four-star kid, you can basically do what you want because the four-star, the high, the public league high school guy is not going to tell you that you can't do that because he doesn't want to lose you, especially when you have other options. So um, he was essentially able to do what he did. But guess what? He got to Arizona, and Tommy Lloyd, who is a professional head coach, said, or you know, a paid head coach said, yeah, uh, you're not going to be playing the small forward. You're going to be playing down low for us. And we're going to let you accentuate some of your skills. Now um, you watch it and you watch him and you can tell that he's going to be a good player. First of all, he's legitimately seven feet. You watch him and he's the biggest dude on this team. He's legitimately seven feet. He's about 230 pounds. But as you can tell, his body has really, really taken to weight training. And his body has taken to weight training in a big way. I would look for uh I would look for Arizona to possibly redshirt him this year. Again, that's just a guess. And then you hope that you've got four big years of Dylan Anderson left. And because he's going to be a contributor and he's going to be a contributor sooner than later. So, you know, when you watch him, just keep all of that in mind, because this is a player that has a very, very bright future in front of him. And I think a lot of people kind of lost track of it at first. All right. Now, let me tell you about Safe. Here's the deal. Safe. the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over four million people. Again, think about that number for a second. Four million people have chosen their uh, SimpliSafe to check, use their secure to check their home. And you don't have to trust, uh, you don't, if you don't have, you don't have to trust that many people without doing it right. All SimpliSafe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use SimpliSafe in my own home. They protect it. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 seven professional monitoring agents who have your back. They are always there. You're never going to call them and there's going to be a busy tone or something like that. You'll always have that. So here's the, here's what you need to do. Customize the perfect system for your home. And in just a few minutes at simplesafe.com, locked on backslash college, save 20% on your simplest safe security system. When you sign up, for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free, visit simplesafe.com, locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simplisafe, and ain't that the truth? Okay, now we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. We're going to talk about a couple of the other uh, newcomers, maybe guys going under the radar just a little bit. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, here's the deal. Next thing we got going. The uh, University of Arizona, uh, we're talking about guys who are underrated on this team and about who we should maybe look at and say, all right, they're, they're a little bit better. Another guy, too, Courtney Ramey. Again, Courtney Ramey is going to be a starter, but I get a lot of people that ask me and they say, well, you know, what's his role really going to be? And here's where I think he's getting a little bit underrated is if you look at his numbers last year at uh, Texas, nine points, you know, a couple assists, 
Nothing really great. Obviously, he's a good defender. But I think it's more indicative to look at his stats from the previous year, where he averaged 12 points, four assists, an all-conference uh, defensive player. Because that was a more up-and-down system. That was more of what Shaka Smart did. And that's a much closer system to what Tommy Lloyd runs. Um, I think that, like I said, I think that's far more indicative of where we're at when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, um, what you would at least hope for out of Courtney Ramey. And then plus, you watch Tommy Lloyd, and we've talked about this before, but you watch Tommy Lloyd, and the one thing that he definitely has going for him is he has an ability to be able to see things into the future and really say, you know, this is where I'm, uh, this is where we're at at this point. Now. He talked about Courtney Ramey going 0 for 6 in the uh, red-blue game. And with Courtney Ramey, I don't really – you could tell that he didn't really worry about it. He said that Courtney Ramey has a history of being a big-time player, a guy who's a shooter. He said, I don't worry about it. Ramey is also invaluable on this team because unlike Kirk Carissa, Ramey is a pretty good perimeter defender. And last year going into games, there would be a lot of situations where teams would look to pick on Kirk Reese, especially at that lead guard spot. This year, if a Tiger Campbell or a new age Terrell Brown tries doing that, guess what? Courtney Ramey's going to be getting that assignment. So that's certainly, you know, that's a, that's a nice little aspect. And that's a nice little trump card to be able to have, to be able to have him right there, to be able to do that. So that's where we're kind of at right there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. But first, let me tell you about the Bet Online Sportsbook. Here's the deal the Bet Online Sportsbook has been around forever. It's where you, uh, it's the easiest sportsbook to navigate by a mile. To give you an idea, I've had a lot of people over the years tell me, you know, I like the sportsbook ideas, but I'm just not a big fan of, you know, they're confusing, all of that. There's not, you watch this and there's not uh, there's nothing. You can go in there, you find in-game props, you find in-game bets. Basically anything you want they have right there and it's because they're trusted. Again, the Bet Online Sportsbook get all the best in-game betting odds, props, you name it, they got it. Check it out betonlinesportsbook.com or uh, app. We'll be right back with you. And we're going to we're going to get you ready for tomorrow's show. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, so we talked a lot of Arizona basketball today. What exactly we should be expecting from this team? What exactly we should be expecting from this squad? Now, we're going to get back into it because, again, it is Arizona football or season, and the Cats have a huge game against SC. And so just some brief thoughts, you know, kind of dovetailing into tomorrow, into tomorrow. Very excited to see what they can do against SC because SC is going to be incredibly motivated. They're coming off a tough loss, and it's going to be homecoming week for the U of A, so we'll see exactly where the Cats are at this point. Um, but I do expect them to acquit themselves well. I'm not expecting a win, but every time there's been a tough performance for Arizona, they've come back and they've performed well, at least this year, under Jed Fish. So we'll see what exactly they're at. But I do think that Arizona is going to score points in this game. The problem, though, obviously is the defense and that there's not a lot that you can really take away from this and say that Arizona is going to be able to stop USC in any capacity. So as is essentially the case, 
you're going to have to outscore teams, but we've talked about that all season. That's going to have to be Arizona's MO. You're going to have to outscore teams and you're going to have to outscore teams pretty much all season. SC would be a nice way to get back on that winning side. But as always, you guys have a great Monday. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to Locked on Wildcats.